0: The scripture reading for our devotion today is taken from Psalm 1. I ask that you would read it together with me in unison. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose wheat also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous." For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. I'm going to tell you a story about a young man that came to Bethany many years ago. He grew up in a very nice Christian home in Chicago, and... um, had been raised by wonderful christian parents went to church regularly sunday school attended christian schools and had been brought up in the christian faith about as well as you could have it you might say and um, was a very intelligent young man when he was in high school he uh, started taking classes at a nearby college uh... what we might today call pseo type classes and uh... while he was at this college in chicago Uh, during his senior year of high school then, so he was about 17, there was a professor there that uh, really kind of caught his ear and he got very enamored with him and they would sit down and after class go have coffee together and this uh, this young man kind of enjoyed the attention he was getting from this older professor. turned out that this professor was an atheist and uh, slowly through these conversations began introducing him to atheism and virtually over time in a matter of months talked him out of his faith in God in Christ everything that had to do with spiritual matters before God But he was still planning to come to Bethany that fall which he did uh, my father taught here when I was a little child and uh, our family had connections to this young man. He came over to our house once when I was about six. I remember, and my father warning us ahead of time. He said, "You know, this uh, this guy that's coming over tonight when we do our family devotions, he might not pray with us or during the prayers." And and he explained because this man was now an atheist. And I remember even as a six-year-old almost being afraid. I'd never been in the presence of someone I knew that was openly so anti-God. And it kind of scared me a little bit as a child even. Well, as he came through his years here at Bethany, uh, nothing changed in his heart. And uh, he went on an, into his life. Uh, ended up having a, a very good career, was a very intelligent man. Went on to get married multiple times. Throughout his life, different people that he had known at Bethany tried to continue to witness to him and would try to visit him and talk to him, send him letters. As I got up into my 30s, I remember sending him a letter trying to to bring him back to the truth that he had learned even when he was a young child. But all of this to no avail. And sad to say, just heard last year that he died. And... I don't know what was going on in his heart at that point in his life but I I thought to myself when I heard that he died isn't it amazing what can happen around a cup of coffee isn't it interesting what what can happen to people when they let somebody influence them when you sit at someone's feet regularly and just listen to them if they're talking you away from Christ and From his word. Just think if you were, if he did die in his unbelief, just think if you could go and visit him right now. Just think what kind of, what kind of things he might be saying about those conversations when he was 17. Where you sit in life matters. Uh, In this sense, where you allow yourself to be influenced, where you let people speak to you Uh, especially in regard to spiritual matters the psalm in front of us is what's often called a chiastic psalm and it parallels two two things next to each other to god there are really only two categories in the world there's the righteous and the unrighteous the righteous are those who believe in christ who put their faith and trust in him as their savior who went to the cross to pay for their sins so they could go to heaven the unrighteous are those who just don't believe that. That's how God sees everything, very clear, black and white, the righteous and the unrighteous. And in this psalm, God contrasts these two groups of people in the world. And he describes the righteous, the believers, as having a living, healthy faith like a, like a tree that's planted next to a stream of water. And it's, it's drawing its nutrition from the soil and from the, the moisture that is there near this living stream. It, it has to do with having proximity to the word of God, drawing from that regularly. It's not a fluke that in this chapel, when the architect designed the stained glass windows, that they put the flowing living waters of life through the stained glass, stained glass windows as a reminder that that comes from the hand of God through his word, where we stay refreshed in that faith. But he contrasts that then with the unrighteous, and he uses, God uses the most empty, meaningless piece of nature that you can get to depict the unrighteous. They're like chaff that the wind drives away, that little hull around the wheat that is so light and airy that once it's Once it's tossed around, it blows up in the air and blows away. Could you find anything more insignificant in nature to describe the unrighteous from God's perspective? Now, the believer, we're told, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the path of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't know where those places are. Christians do. Believers do. We know what those voices are. We know what the voices are that speak to us against the faith that we have. We know where to find those. But notice we are not to walk in them. We are not to live in them. We are not to stand in them and let them sit and influence us and have an influence on our heart. You cannot have a relationship with God apart from his word. And that's why scripture so often directs us back to the the importance of hearing that word and letting it come and nurture us in our spiritual lives. Notice, God describes the believer. It says, on his word he meditates day and night. That doesn't necessarily mean you're just reading it constantly. That's that's great too. But it also means that it's in your mind and in your heart. It It has sunk down inside of you. Because it has been so much a part of your life. That when you think about your life and how to go through your life, you're processing things through that word of God. And you're constantly using that word then as your guide. When I was in college here at Bethany, I worked at a local shop go. I think they're closed now. But I worked at a local shop go. And my department happened to be right up at the front of the store across from the service department desk and probably almost once a week a little child two three four years old was brought up there who'd gotten lost separated from his mom or dad and it was always so painful to watch this little child crying and screaming and nothing seemed to be able to comfort them and these teenage young ladies that were trying to help the child would be trying to comfort but none of that mattered But then all of a sudden you'd hear the mom's voice yelling coming down the aisle, yelling the child's name, and immediately that little child would get up and turn and look. The crying would stop, and the whole mood changed. That inside of that voice that audibly went into the child's ear was all of this comfort. There, There was so much packed into just that immediate sound of the child hearing the mother's voice. That's how believers in Christ are when they hear his voice speaking to them and talking to them through his word and the proclamation of his word. We immediately connect that voice to all of the wonderful good and comfort that Christ has come to give us. We immediately connect it to his death on the cross to make atonement for every one of our sins. We immediately connect it to his loving care and guidance for us we immediately connect it to a voice that that cares completely about the welfare of your life every part of your life and we especially connect that voice when we hear it to the doors and the gates of heaven because we know that that that's what the Savior has come to give us that's how the believer ties everything back to the voice of Christ that we hear in his word you know I wonder with that young man I talked about at the beginning and that professor that college professor that led him astray where was that professor for him on judgment day where was he where was this damn liar on judgment day who's going to be standing with you on judgment day your savior your lord the one who's paid your entrance into heaven no wonder he says to you and to me blessed are those who hear the word of god and keep it Amen.